It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast as we talk real estate right around the UAE and available, as you know, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. And it's a Tuesday morning, the 23rd day of January for 2024. And good morning to you, Eugene, and also Stephanie in London, listeners of the Dubai Property Podcast and interested in Dubai real estate for 2024. You are both hoping to be in Dubai to look at property in the 1.2 million dirham range in April. And you say in your email that you are not adverse to looking at older buildings, but you have heard us talking about the heat aspect and the wear and tear and the toll that that takes on buildings. So you're not too sure as a result whether or not off plan would be better suited. Now, I read the email and I straight away thought, gee, this sounds like a question for Mario. And Mario is back with us this morning, the very first episode for 2024. Good morning, Mario. How are you doing? How was your break? All good, Craig. All good. Uh, Lovely Christmas. Great New Year. 2024 is with us and more of the same. We've uh, started really, really well. He's back, he's ready, and he is waiting for those emails. So this is an interesting one that has come through from Eugene and Stephanie there in London. And in Dubai, of course, architects are shifting towards more sustainable building practices. And what they're doing is they're combining modern technology with age-old construction techniques to combat this extreme heat, these extreme temperatures, and traditional methods, including orienting the buildings away from the sun, is is always a good idea. This is a very interesting topic and one that actually isn't spoken about. But in the summer, the, these buildings do obviously expand quite a bit as, as the steel you know, heats up and, and it does take its toll. So typically a building will probably last something between 15 to 20 years. Now that doesn't seem very long at all. But as you mentioned, with, with the new technology, I'm absolutely certain that the uh, numbers I've just given will actually be extended. So I don't want people to think, well, what's the point of buying something if in, if if in 15 years it's uh, it's going to have to come down and be rebuilt because i do think going forward they will find better materials to actually sustain and and survive the extreme heat in the summer yeah and if you have a look at the way that they're utilizing wind patterns now for natural ventilation which is minimizing glass use and incorporating architecture for shade and if you look at courtyards terraces narrow alleyways and wind towers they're all sort of being integrated into new projects for shading and cooling which is moving away from the the previous trend of glass skyscrapers which I think they've learnt their lesson, you know, go with the techniques like thicker walls, double facades and energy efficiency with materials to absorb and release the heat. 
Yeah. And as, as you mentioned about buildings becoming greener, I can tell you from an estate agent's point of view, nobody comes and says, I'm looking for a, you know, a property and it has to be within a green building. It has to have this, it has to have that. They don't ask for that. And that, and that is why in some respects, a lot of these developers aren't necessarily building those yet. But as more and more people are conscious of this, and especially when it comes to longevity, I think you'll find that people will start to request. And the minute that happens, developers will sit up and listen and start building these as a matter of course. Yeah, and if you have a look at the sustainable construction of, let's say, the Dubai International Financial Centre, I mean, that is one that comes to mind in terms of sustainable construction. Yeah, these are smart buildings. A lot of the time, people don't even know what a building can do. And uh, if if people are watching or reading up on the internet and they start to get interesting, interested uh, to to these uh, concepts, then of course they will start to to request them. There was one one being built on Sheikh Zayed Road, as you say, different ventilation, shading, clever architecture in it in itself, and that sold out. But just going back to the actual question, but one point two million. I mean, I guess it depends on on what Eugene and Stephanie actually are looking for, whether it's an investment or to buy. Finding out exactly what they want will then determine where they can uh, afford to buy. 1.2 million is, you know, it's a lot of money, but it's starting to be only in certain areas that will get you what you need to need to buy. If it's a studio, then it covers most of the places. However, if they're looking for, for example, a a three-bedroom house, well, you're going to have to start going a bit further out into the desert or a bit further into inland, rather away from the, the sea. So I would need to know a bit more information. Uh, good budget, but not sure what it'll buy you, depending on what they want. All right. So that's uh, some of the, the prices, and it kind of steps us in nicely to JBR, because what we're going to be doing from week to week with Mario is stepping over some of the locations, because it's become very obvious with some of the, the questions. A lot of the questions are relating to different suburbs and what can I buy, how much can I spend, what sort of value for money. And we're going to kick this off this morning, firstly, with JBR, and this is your beloved hometown. Um, well, I wouldn't call it a town. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah, an <suburb>. area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I picked this because obviously it's it's where I live. Uh, I've lived there for m- many years and it's an amazing place. Uh, JBR actually forms part of Dubai Marina and it's located on a 1.7 kilometer stretch along the coast. Very, very popular with tourists and visitors. It was built by Dubai Properties and, and actually it was the uh, largest single phased development in the world at the time, uh, basically 36 residential towers and, and four sort of hotels all came up at once. And it was uh, started to be handed over when I first came to Dubai in 2008. Now, it uh, sits on a beachside promenade called The Walk. Now, when I first got here, that was all that was there. The Walk is, as I say, this 1.7-kilometer stretch. It has an amazing array of of shops, cafes, restaurants, hotels. But now, uh, in addition to The Walk, what they did a few years ago, um, they built what's commonly known as the Beach Mall. And this is made up of more shops and restaurants literally facing, facing the beach. The location makes it literally a magnet for tourists, visitors, you know, and obviously residents alike. Unfortunately, it can be clogged up by traffic at weekends and, and during holidays. 
But if you don't need the car, it's actually really greatly uh, located from from public transport point of view. So you've got two metro stations and several tram stops. The trams link up with the metro stations. Uh, so actually you can get about the city quite well without necessarily using the car. But if you need to go by car to places like Dubai Mall, which is only about 20, 20 odd minutes away, or, or the airport, that's that's around 30 minutes away. Oh, not forgetting that Abu Dhabi, if you're needing to go the other way, it's at the extremities of, of kind of, of Dubai. So Abu Dhabi border is is just a bit further further down the road. Yeah, so anything really that gets you away from the car and if you're able to work in the area, you're able to live in the area, no real desire to get into that car. Now, we will be getting a lot of people thinking, oh, this is great, Uh, no car, everything is there, all self-contained. What about the rental cost? If you can start off, Mario, with perhaps the lowest uh, through to the highest that people can expect to pay in JBR. Yeah, so JBR has a, an array of uh, offerings in in apartments, and I started with they, they do, by the way, have studios, but there were there were none actually available at the time of uh, of research. So I've started with one bedrooms. The lowest price I could find in a one bedroom was a seven hundred and sixty two square foot um, one bed in Baja Six for ninety thousand dirhams. Uh, these are, of course, yearly yearly rents. And the highest was also in Baja Cluster, but this is a bigger unit. This is 1,128 square feet, and that was 135. So 45,000 dirham difference between the lowest and the highest. For a two-bedroom, the lowest is in Amwaj 4. It's uh, 1,382 square feet at 120,000. And the highest uh, is a 1,466 square foot apartment in Merjan 3, and that's 165. So again, 45,000 dirhams between the lowest and the highest. The three-bedroom, Sadaf 2. 1,912 square feet, that, uh, that's at 160,000 dirhams. And the highest, much larger, it's 2,414 square feet. So this is a really decent uh, three-bedroom in Rimal 5, which is a very nice building. That's coming in at 290,000 dirhams. So that's quite a, a bit bigger. It's 130,000 difference there. And lastly, the four bedrooms. So the lowest rent I found was in Sadaf 8, uh, 2,827 square feet. Uh, upgraded, that's come in at 280,000 dirhams for the year. And again, the highest was also in Sadaf 8. This is nearly three times the size, though. This is 6,191 square feet. It's a penthouse, uh, 650 thousand dirhams for that one it's got a pool and everything that is an amazing sum i shouldn't maybe have used that one to be fair because it does skew the figures um around about sort of three three hundred and fifty probably for an average four bed but this one really caught my eye so yeah i can see why hey those are quite surprising really from low to the highest now we're going to have a look at uh, some of the the sales prices for jb and I'll get you to do the same sort of thing. 
With the sale prices, obviously these are asking prices, uh, and I guess the same for the rent. So people do make offers, but the the lowest I could find for a one bedroom was a uh, decent size, one thousand one hundred and five square feet. Uh, that's coming in at one point four million dirhams. With uh, the highest is in Shams Four, and that's a uh, similar size, one thousand one hundred and seventy four square feet. That's got sea views, and uh, that's coming in at two point five. 3.0 million. So, you know, 1.130 million dirhams difference. I mean, that that's a big, big difference. One thing I, I didn't mention about JBR before I go on to the others is that each cluster is is perhaps more popular than the other. Uh, Rimal being probably the, the, the best cluster because it's right in the middle. But depending on the floor, depending on the view, some are marina view, some are sea view, some are community views. So it's very difficult to actually pinpoint an average price for JBR because they're so different. And, and as I say, each building has a slight different configuration. So you really need to come and, and have, a, have a look to, to see what you like. Carrying on with the sales prices. So for the two bedroom, the cheapest I could find was in Baja One, 1,294 square feet. And uh, that surprisingly actually was cheaper than the one bedroom. I found one at 1.2 million. So I'm not sure uh, whether that's real or not. And that's often the case. You have to check these things out. Sometimes agents advertise things may or may not necessarily be available. The most expensive one, Baja 4 again. Uh, so the same cluster, Baja, 1,809 square feet. This was a duplex loft, 4.2 million. I mean, crikey, that's 3 million difference between the lowest and highest. For the uh, three bedrooms, Murjan 6 was the uh, cheapest one at 1.6 million. This is a 1,882 square feet. And the most expensive was in Sadaf 6, 3,778 square foot duplex uh, with a, a huge terrace. And it's coming in at 5.25 million. That's uh, like a 3.8 million difference there. And lastly, the four bedroom. So the cheapest I could find was a duplex loft in Rimal 3. Uh, 2,800 square feet at 3.5 million. And the most expensive was in Shams 1. This is a beast. It's another penthouse, 6,037 square feet with sea views and a pool coming in at the princely sum of 14.5 million dirhams. <laughs> 14.5. All right. Well, that's a nice way to sort of round it off. And great to find out about JBR this morning. I will let you get into your real estate morning, Mario. Look forward to catching you back next week. Thank you very much, Craig. And if I haven't said it already, Happy New Year to all the listeners and I'll speak to you very soon. What to buy, where to live and things to avoid every week on the Dubai Property Podcast. Perhaps just sort of set that up in terms of the location and where geographically it is. Yeah, sure. So it's going to be just off the coast of Jumeirah, which is where the Burj Al Arab is. So the world's only seven star hotel. So it's not unusual to have casino brands from, say, Vegas to set up shop here for a hotel. But yeah, it'd be fairly central in Dubai and not, not a million miles away from the likes of the Palm Jumeirah, which clearly most people know. And what about your friends, Maddie, is this something that people are sort of excited about? I want to be excited about it, but I don't think I am. When you think about Vegas, it's a very different type of travel experience. You associate it with the gambling, probably the partying. I think Dubai at the moment offers something else. 
The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.